Magna Carta Bill of Rights The Constitution, what's it worth? You know they're gonna grind us down Until it really hurts Is this a sovereign nation? Or just a police state? <coughs> you better look out people before it gets too late. Welcome to Stand and Deliver. I'm Patrick Wood, founder and director of Citizens for Free Speech. And the reason we call it Stand and Deliver is just like the song says. This is Eric Clapton, not even from our country, but he has nailed it to the wall that we all in the world today, we need to stand and deliver. And that's what we hope to do through our broadcast. It comes out every weekly, as you know, on every Friday at noon, we release a new episode of Stand and Deliver. Normally it's Bob France and I, but I'm giving Bob France uh, a week off. He's a busy guy, got lots of stuff going on. And instead, we're gonna have an interview today, you're gonna love this, with a gentleman by the name of Michael Hoskinson. He happens to be from Southern California. You can tell by his tan. And he's, uh, he's a guy that's got the most interesting study. He's a beach guy, right? He's got the most interesting study that I want every member of Citizen for Free Speech to hear. Now, just as a little bit of background, Michael and I have known each other for several years. We met years ago at a conference up in San Francisco. We spoke there together. We've been in touch ever since, kind of followed his saga and vice versa. And today, however, what I want to get across to all of you listeners to this, and I hope you spread this message far and wide, I want you to understand that it is not hopeless to work in your local community to affect policy changes and to make outcomes turn, well, to change outcomes in your own community. We have preached and taught and nagged about local activism ever since we started in 2018. A lot of people just don't get, why are we hopping up and down about local activism and getting active in your local community and getting a seat at the table? Like Mary Baker says, if you don't have a seat at the table, you are what's for dinner. It matters. It does. It really does. And today I'm going to present to you in living life form here, a success story that uh, somebody who has conquered, not individually, but with a team of people, somebody who has conquered a city in Southern California, a coastal town, much less in the heart and the belly of the beast transformation has mm. taken place because of local activists who took a stand, who got involved, who dug in, used their head, worked strategically together, had amazing, incredible results. And I want you to hear this because this should be a call to action to every person who listens to this. Get trained, get active, build a team, get a strategy, and go for it to reform where you live, right there where you live. Mike, welcome to the program, Stand and Deliver today. We're going to be standing and delivering. <laughs> Thanks, Pat. Hey, really appreciate you having me on your show. Absolutely, man. I want you to just kind of tell us a, a little bit of the saga, the journey, and you got here. I know you know, you've always had a mind to understand what was going on. You've understood the issues for a very long time. I know you did back when we first met years ago. 
But along the way, as you went back to your hometown in Southern California, you ran for local office there uh, for the city council. And as I remember, I and, did not. I was I was a part of a team that helped a gentleman get gotcha. on the city council. So, yeah, okay. never, never the front okay. man, but always the back office guy. OK, well, yeah. tell me about OK. Tell me about your 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 navigation through that and how you happen to come to the particular success story that we want to talk a lot about right now um in your town if you want to mention the name of your town you're welcome i'll let you do it i won't do it but okay. you know i understand if you don't i'm not in hiding yeah you're not in hiding that's right no. <laughs> you're right here <laughs> so tell us tell us what your what your mind was as you moved through this whole process okay well like a lot of folks i, I think i probably became politically aware and, and a bit um shall we say angry back in the obama years and and what was happening to constitutional freedoms and the country and the direction we were going in. Uh, I actually joined a Tea Party group in Santa Monica, of all places, and was part of that. And to talk about being behind enemy lines, and that was a heck of a lot of fun, and we had a good time there. But uh, my town of Huntington Beach, California, came calling in uh, 2013 or so, and I joined a group of folks there that we decided that we wanted to get behind a good gentleman named Eric Peterson and help his run for city council. And at the time, we've got a seven-member council. Uh, every two years, it's either four seats or three seats. It happened to be four seats that year. Uh, we were able to help uh, Mr. Peterson win, and there were three other uh, quasi-conservative, really rhino folks who won. But uh, we, run, we ran a campaign, lean and mean. We were at two bucks a vote for Eric Peterson, and the other three with big, deep pockets ran one with 22 bucks a vote. So we were uh, quite successful doing guerrilla warfare there. Uh, hadn't happened in that town in a long time. Huntington Beach has, has been a town that has been, I mean, kind of a, a bit of a corrupt town, a company town uh, for a long time, and, and uh, things had kind of gotten south. We really were controlled by the Chamber of Commerce and entities like that, uh, and which are, you know, for a lot of your folks will know that they're yeah. just as bad as some of our friends on the on the liberal side. You know, they really don't care much about what the direction is and choose to, you know, do things for their own benefit rather than the benefit of the city. So uh, Eric Peterson was a uh, or is a Marine. He would always tell me he's a Marine and businessman and uh, hard charger. And he came in and. The number one issue for the town was the proliferation of high-density housing, uh, Agenda 21 stack and pack, and uh, what you and I have talked about for years. Uh, they were really going at that with gusto. Uh, he spearheaded a movement to uh, redo a particular air area of town that they were putting this all in. Uh, we ended up stopping it. He put me on the planning commission came to us, we uh, voted it in, he voted it in, and we were able for a good amount of time to stop it, uh, which was our probably our signature piece. And, you know, we came up with the phrase, promises made, promises kept, and uh, continue that on to this day. Uh, and what happened in subsequent years, 16, 18, and 20, was that the folks who were the, shall we say, the enemies of town, and the deep pocket ones got their act together and they slowly started taking the power back. Uh, and then many of your folks will know in 2018, we had what is called the ballot harvesting debacle out here in Orange County, where uh, the DNC spent upwards of $50 million to pay walkers to come and take ballots uh, from kids. Essentially, they were tired of waiting for those uh, sub 18s or 
sub-20s to vote, and they went to their door and knocked, and they happily gave them their ballots, and they were able to kind of engineer a, a blue flu yeah. that uh, took Orange yeah. County over that year. And we got some right. spectacularly bad uh, people yeah. on our council that uh, – so those folks ended up uh, being in power, in full power in 2020. They then worked with the rhinos that were left over on our council. We had a six to one majority. They, in, uh, in two years, spent $500 million in our town on wasteful, unbelievable, below the bank spending. Yes, yes. And, you know, buying, uh, buying apartment buildings to turn them into low income housing. Uh, things of that nature. So yeah. we were at a kind of a desperate place where we had been in a really good spot in 2014, but we'd had these other folks on there that slowly eked the power away from the grassroots. Um, we decided that we uh, needed to change the status of it. We also, 2020, if you remember, we uh, elected Tito Ortiz, the famous uh, MMA fighter, came and he was unprepared for the level of kind of filthy politics that these folks mm. would play on him. And he ended up quitting after I think it was about four or five, six months. So he uh, he tapped out. And then we made a big press to get the um, first runner up, which was one of our folks, a lady named Gracie Vandermark, uh, to get them to appoint her in his place. Uh, they chose instead to appoint an ultra radical leftist lawyer from Washington, DC uh, and put her in. Uh, and of course, an identity politics person. She runs a, a diversity, equity and inclusion uh, group. Uh, so we've got the worst of the worst for about two years. Uh, we decided our we needed to really change the status. So we started a recall on five council people at one time. And by the end of the recall, through the grace of all of our volunteers who worked their tails off and the folks, you know, in our group that were able to spearhead it, we were able to get enough signatures to pull three of them, the worst three, out of office. And when it went to the registrar, the registrar invalidated just enough to keep their jobs. So we were back to square one. And we sat down and said, look, we know where this is going to go in this next election. They're going to get one more, two more. They're going to continue their wrecking crew uh, on our town. And we just said, look, we have one of these uh, rare years where we've got four seats up and four being a quorum. Uh, if we could get all four at one time, we would control the town. So we carefully sat down with who we had in our bullpen uh, and we had uh, three solid folks that we came up with, missing a fourth, mm -hmm. and we were able to find a gentleman named Tony Strickland, who is a former state senator, assemblyman, guy with a tremendous amount of experience in Sacramento. Uh, he happened to be in a rebuilding phase in his career, and we brought him in, and everybody meshed, and off they went. And these guys, uh, over the course of the summer of last year, did 110 meet and greets. And so as a team, they ran mm -hmm. uh, 110 of these things every day, sometimes doing three. They'd be in people's driveways. I mean, it was a true grassroots effort where we bombed the town. And in the background, we were doing a hybrid strategy where we were, we've got a group that we had started uh, for the recall called Safe Surf City. 
and we would have our, our fairly large uh, email list there. And what we did, we decided to give people a peek behind the scenes. And because many of us had been around our government for years, we had a, I guess we'd call it an institutional knowledge of our town. And we were able to, through the course of over 100 emails that were sent out during the campaign, somewhat deconstruct our own local deep state. And, and I, only, I don't say that lightly. I mean, we really did have our own bureaucratic deep state that was desperately clinging on to power there and wanting <laughs> to continue its power uh, over the town. And didn't really, you know, they don't really care what the ideology of the people are. They just want to keep the grift going, you know, the, all the money train that they have going for years. So um, we were very successful with that. Those uh, emails, we really deconstructed a lot of the processes and demystified things. And people were unbelievably grateful for that. They really want we gave them a kind of a window behind the scenes of how we got to where we were, you know. And we found, you know, we were a little worried that because sometimes you think that people nowadays, they want things in sound bites. And it's true to a certain extent. But if you can capture their attention and keep it local, you know, this is the thing that we sold it to them saying, listen, we might tell you a story about Sacramento. We might tell you a story about Washington and you're, you know, you're going to click off and go somewhere else. But I'm going to tell you a story about something that's happening 10 feet from you. And is going to affect your life at some point, probably is affecting you now. And yeah. we really captured people's attention. And uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I want to. What I want to. Uh, I, I sense that uh, even though you're, you're you talk well, we're doing we're we're, we're concerned about politics. It seems to me that uh, that the whole political framework is merely just a a street to get through to the policy-making mechanism in your city. Yeah. It, it seems to me that your focus, even though you're talking about, well, we, we got this one elected and we did this campaign and we, the political yeah. system, political operative system. Right. The object of all of that was to change policies, ultimately to change policies in your city. We're just elected people. Oh, we elected a Republican or a conservative. Oh, yeah. wow, great. That, you know, now we're done, go home. Yeah. Rather, you were looking at getting particular policies changed, and you used those policies, those desired policies, to activate the people that you were after to vote, it seems well, like. You were telling we them, we need to change X. Right. Whatever. Well, well, we also did something kind of revolutionary. You know, we, <laughs> we are the people we're trying to attract, right? So we're the majority of us long-term residents loved our town, you know, we'd had this assault for a decade at least of these really outside money people that are wanting to look at us and say, look, we're going to use the power of the state to come in and change your town and there's nothing you can do about it. And we decided that was bunk, right? We're not going to allow that. But we did something kind of revolutionary is we'd go out and talk to people and we'd come back and say, here's the issues they care about. And it used to be high density housing but it turned into homelessness. That was number one yes. for people because yeah. our previous council had literally stopped the cops from enforcing the laws. Um, and we, numbers of years ago, were forced to build a very expensive shelter that they then said, yeah, we're not even going to enforce the law now. So things got worse and worse and worse. So the folks said, look, we want you to solve this problem. H high density housing is number two. 
and then a list of other things. So within the context of that, we developed what they called a contract with Huntington Beach that kind of kiped off uh, the old contract with America. Mm -hmm. But we were able to formalize that. We ran on it. It was repeated over and over again. And I'll tell you, when our four were elected, they started swiftly implementing everything on that list. And they continue every meeting uh, implementing that. Yes. So so four people, of course, four people running together, you don't have an opportunity to develop develop a cult of personality because the four people are running together. So it wasn't about man, I'm really cool. I'm really macho. I'm a, you know, I'm a tough guy or whatever, uh, whatever might be said about an individual as a group, the policies that were put that were attached to that group. Okay. This group is going to do X, whatever it is to to deal with this issue. People bought that vision. They got the vision and they voted for it. And so in the end of it, they got in as a group and all of a sudden became the majority. So I'll tell you how big it was when we got the final numbers. We were ahead over the fifth place finisher by twelve thousand votes. I mean, you can some you you can potentially win on that in yes. some races, yes. and we had that margin at the end. So yeah. I mean, landslide. I think in the context of our small town, doesn't even really cover it. It was it was a crushing defeat, and not only. Was that over <clears throat> the fifth place finisher was a local uh, board member on a board who'd been around for some time, mm-hmm. but she'd had $500,000 of dark pack money that got mm-hmm. funneled through the DNC, through the builders, through a number of other things. So they were hiding their trail to get her this money. And we mm-hmm. still crushed her with all that money. Now I'm not yeah. telling you our guys didn't raise money. Our main guy, Tony Strickland, he's a, wizard at raising money raised a lot of money but nothing compared to that the fifth place and then even beyond that we have a thing here that i don't see in a lot of cities where we have a concept called a vote splitter so there will be a person that runs nobody's ever heard of them and they're solely in the race to drain votes away from good grassroots candidates right so what we did we demystified that process again and we put out emails that described in painstaking detail the math and the strategy behind vote splitting. And we named each one and we put their history out there. We named and shamed every single one of them and said, this person was never involved in politics. They never ran. They never did anything. All of a sudden they're there and they never even campaigned a number of them. So it's pretty, pretty different that we just were, I mean, to some people would say, wow, that's kind of ruthless. Well, yeah. And, How is it not ruthless what they're doing to our town? You know, you think, how dare you do that, you dishonest person? You know, so we, (laughs) yeah, we, we felt a bit of license to do that to them saying, listen, we're not, we're not tolerating this. They have stolen a number of elections in our town by vote splitting. Uh, And I said, we're, we're done with that. You know, I specifically said, I am done with that. So we, uh, we put the hammer and tongs to them and hopefully we killed that process forever. Well, hopefully, but you'll be ready for it if you didn't. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they may try it again. This is a common tactic across the country. And I, I want to explain to our to our viewers also uh, in, in this episode, this is a microcosm of your town or your area, whatever. If you live in a larger town, uh, you know, Huntington Beach isn't that large, but there are bigger cities in the, war, in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a representative of probably just about every community in America right now. 
they have all been cooked in the pot like the frog. They, they, they snuck up on them. The evil snuck up on them. And all of a sudden, they look around and say, it's not my city anymore. Hmm. What happened? How did this happen? You know, 10 years ago, yeah. things were rocking along reasonably well. And all of a sudden, we've got all these people that are doing crazy stuff in our town, spending our money, ruining our property values, ruining hmm. our, you know, the, the beauty of our city. And are we doomed? The message hmm. of the story is, folks, no, you're not doomed. No. This is the whole point of this is people will tell you, in fact, the media, everybody will tell you, you can't be effective in your community. You might as well just give up and accept it the way it is. Hmm. Go home, sit on your couch, watch, uh, you know, watch game shows at night, whatever. Just don't be concerned with it because you can't win anything and get it back. Our message is just the opposite. You can get a seat at the table. And yeah. when you do get a seat at the table, you will have influence to change policies in your local community. That's what this is all about. It's yeah. not just about electing somebody that you like or you know that you think is maybe more politically correct than somebody else. No, it's about getting policies changed where you live that will suit you, that will that will give you the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of <laughs> happiness in your own town like you used to have. Right. And Mike and his friends and crew and team have modeled that, how that works. And now all of a sudden, and granted, there was there was a measure of luck along the way, no, no doubt. But as a lot of people have said, it isn't it odd how people who work hard seem to have all the luck. Right. <laughs> so, it's, that's the way oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you no, gotta work at it to get it. So yeah, they did have some breaks but it worked and all of a sudden they have control of the city back for at least a period of time to do things, to change policies that will right the ship back where it belongs. And Mike, I want to just ask the question, a loaded question. You've had some experience with uh, CFFS before and with our citizen ninja training mm -hmm. and with Correct. Mary Baker, our national director of training, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Tell us yeah. about that. Well, I was a graduate of one of your two-day schools out in Tempe. It was, uh, I think, about four years ago. We came out yes. there, my wife and I, and it was a fantastic experience. It was a room full. I'm going to say there was a hundred people there uh, in the in the hotel, you know, room we were in. Yep. Uh, fantastic speakers, fantastic training. I mean, really, but but you can't replace getting in a room with like-minded people, networking mm -hmm. with them, seeing what successes and failures they've had and modeling, you know, from them. And that was, a uh, was one of the more pivotal ones for us. You know, we had a, we had a, just a good time there and I wouldn't replace it. You know, it's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we, uh, that was right before COVID hit. Yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> we yeah. had plans to roll those meetings out, those fly-ins that this, we call this a fly-in initially. We had plans to roll that out across the country. Yeah. And everything was on the paper. You know, we had it all written down what we're going to do and we're going to do it in this city and that city, whatever. And uh, one a quarter at least. And, uh, you know, COVID came along, shot that to smithereens. Mm -hmm. And so we haven't done that. But just now that things are opening up again, we have been doing some more personal gatherings and stuff. And it feels so good yeah. to get back with real people again, you know, and talk with real people and people that we have infected with this, with our citizen ninja training. Uh, by and large, uh, they have been transformed. Their their life has been their way of life has been transformed. The way they approach things and the way they approach their civic life, and this is, in the end of it, this is what it's all about. 
if we don't have our people stand up and get a seat at the table, we don't stand a chance. Yeah. Our country's done. Yeah. And I tell people, you put a firewall, firewall around where you live and the rest of the world could just go take a hike. But yeah. you will be protected from all the nonsense that's coming. It's here now. But it's, I mean, stuff is coming down the road. If you don't get ready in your local community, you're going to be sadly, really sad later on when they come and put the bite on you. We had a, a meeting this morning with a gentleman from Santa Monica, and, it, and it, uh, they're fighting high density out there because the state's trying to force it on them as well. And it was great to talk to somebody in Santa Monica because anybody who knows that city knows it's very left-wing, very liberal, and they, they pretty much roll over for whatever the state wants for them. But boy, there's fighters there, you know, and it's and it's really cathartic to hear that and network with them because they want to come. People are coming out of the woodworks and saying, hey, Huntington Beach, how did you do this? You know, and our, I think our message to, to everybody that we talk to is we are you, number one. We're not super people. Right. I'm a 58 year old guy. I'm a real estate broker and developer, worked my whole life, got to a point where I decided I had to take matters into my own hand. I met people like me. We networked and we decided to take a stand and we've won and we've lost. And then we won big and we're doing great at the moment. And we freely admit, like we just talked about before we started that this will change. I mean, it will change, you know, these things can't last forever, but the thing that you want to do, you know, while you have this rare opportunity is change enough policy and, and you get, you give the citizens hope, and it sounds kind of corny in a way, but one of the things that I realized right off the bat, and, and by the way, the night we all won, we were shocked because we it, it truly was a pretty outside shot. Nobody had ever pulled this off in this town. Nobody had ever really attempted it. And, you know, the thought that we could, you know, just regular people, right? <laughs> we're regular folks. We don't have any special powers. There were no pros amongst us. You know, we really were just doing our thing and making it up as we go along too. You know, yeah. we were, yeah. we kind of had the theory in our minds that look, we're dead already, right? We live in California for God's sakes. You know, this <laughs> might as well be the Soviet Union in a lot of these places, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then, but, but you go, look, you're dead already. So you might as well go for it, you know, and we mm -hmm. went for it and we had a, a decent plan, you know, and we changed the plan when we needed to, we added to, we subtracted to, but we had a good core group of our candidates that were willing to work hard and our folks in behind and our volunteers were willing to work hard yeah. and they love their town, you know, and they're tired of outside influences telling them how they have to run their town. And we just said, no, we're not, we're not going to allow you to do that. You know, our previous city council tried their darndest to get rid of our elected city attorney. We love our city attorney, Michael Gates, because he's a fighter and he's a good guy. And, you know, he's just about to sue the state of California over all the forced housing mandates. And we just, this dude's a pit bull and we love him. And we're saying, look, you're not going to get rid of the elected attorney. I mean, <laughs> these, how bad these people are that they're thinking they're going to get rid of the choice of the people. And then all they would do was put in a yes man that would do their bidding. And we're saying, yeah, the heck with that. We're not allowing that. And, you know, in this run, we stopped it and we not only stopped it, we won big. And now our four people are in there implementing every single day. And it's a good thing. Yeah. It's good. And the citizens appreciate it. And also 
folks on the other side are screaming bloody murder right now. And it's, uh, you know, the, like, that's also a consequence of winning. The power of the people often is more powerful than money. Yeah. And you've proven that. And I've said this probably a thousand times over the years, because this seems to be the way it works out when resources are slim and you seem like you're outnumbered and you've got a ragtag, seemingly ragtag bunch of people that are trying to get something done. At the end of it, when you look back on it, you reflect and you think this is the statement. Never before have so, so few done so much with so little that they're now qualified to do anything with nothing. <laughs> Yeah, just like, yeah. how did this yeah. happen? It, you know, you look back on it and say, man, who knows? <laughs> we, yeah. we had we had a little here and a little there. We had a little power and we just went for it yeah. as a grassroots. This is what grassroots means. It's yeah. not about money. It's not about how much money you have. It's how much heart you have, yeah. how much desire you have for your own I mean, for your own place where you live, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, we use I, a lot. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's open source that we used and certainly knowledge, you know, that's out there mostly for free things like the art of war. You know, there's a lot of books yes. that we've all read that, you know, you really draw heavily on books that help you understand human nature. I think that was really the most, uh, dear to me because, you know, in all my life, I, you know, I think if you can understand human nature, you know, those are the keys to the kingdom in a lot of ways. And we really yes. utilized a lot of that in our messaging and whatnot and, um, yeah, you just, you know, but, but we were, we were acting on orders from the boss, which were the people here, you know, they yes. told us what yeah. was important to them. And instead of turning around and saying, yeah, but, you know, like a lot of folks, well, but this, well, but that yeah. we said, cool, you're telling us what your marching orders are. And they are implementing on those marching orders right now. And it's, uh, right. I mean, we, we scan a lot of social media. We see what people you know, are talking about, and they're yes. they're very wildly <laughs> positive about what's happening yes. right now. Now, for example, though, we haven't been shy about having uh, the big fights, which are the cultural fights. You know, you can have the money fights and you can have the state fights, but you know, one of our uh, councilmen, Pat Burns, who's a former thirty-year police officer, a good conservative, just a good man. I mean, really a good, moral, centered, ethical, good person. Uh, he was tired of the, the cultural fights that were happening over government, knowing that it's not government's place to pick sides and certainly not in the culture wars. Uh, mm -hmm. The previous council had implemented uh, flying a lot of the, the you know, identity politics flags. Uh, and Councilman Burns brought a measure and said, look, we're only going to fly the American flag, the state flag and the POW MIA flag. And so we've now had, we have to do in three parts to put in an ordinance. So they've got to vote on it three times. We've had two meetings so far and we've been besieged by out-of-town activists who are, and now we're national news. So I would ask any of your, uh, your listeners, go out and put Huntington <laughs> Beach and pride flag and you'll get an earful of people screaming about yes. us. We had yes. uh, the woman that runs Blue Shields Foundation. The woman has $30 million at her disposal. She's a San Francisco woke liberal with pronouns in her bio. Uh, she sent a letter to our city council last week and said, if you don't reverse course on the flag issue, we're pulling a uh, conference we're going to have at Huntington Beach. And we told her to go pound sand, you know, we, we're not going to have, we're not going to have our town run by liberal activists from San Francisco. Yeah. It's yes. bad enough. We have, they're trying to do it from Sacramento.
So yeah, to heck yeah. to heck with them. So yeah, they're going to have one more reading, and I and I hope they continue and vote it in. But it just you know taking yeah. away that the those culture issues that shouldn't be a part of government. Yes, I'll tell you if you want to be proud of your setting, regardless. Now this is just kind of above and beyond. If you want to be proud of your setting, you need to be involved in your setting. That's the only way. If you want to be yeah. proud of it, you need to be involved with it. Just like your family. If you want to be proud of your family, you got to be involved with it. That's all. So you got to get involved, get out and do stuff, do something. Everybody can do something. Maybe, maybe somebody can't do everything, but everybody can do something that's substantive. Meet like-minded people, like-minded people as a place to start, network, discuss ideas. Is this what free speech is all about? If you didn't have the protections or the, the right to the First Amendment, freedom of speech, right to assemble, <clears throat> freedom of the press, et cetera, you would be nowhere. It, if somebody would come in and say, you don't have the right to speak anymore, you're, you're, you don't have emails, you don't have uh, you know blogs and, and articles going out, you don't have the right to assemble and go to city council meetings and stuff like that. Um, free speech is so central to this whole message of local activism, it's not even funny. That's why we promote free speech, number one. It's under attack, folks. I know you know this, everybody know, pretty much knows this. Free speech and, and freedom of the press, et cetera, is under such egregious attack for the very reason to shut down people like Michael Hoskinson in, uh, in, in California. This is the whole purpose of it. We can't let that happen. We can't let free speech die. We need to support it. We need to elevate it. And people need to get involved with it. That's an action sport. It's not something you can sit in your couch and, and talk about. You need to get out and do it. They've proved this in Huntington Beach. They've been successful. I want to encourage everybody listening to this to get involved with Citizens for Free Speech. It doesn't cost you a nickel to join. It's free. We are user member-supported organization, but we don't charge anybody to come in. If you want to, if you join and you like what you see and you get value out of it, if you want to pay it forward, you can give money to us. We're, we're a nonprofit organization. You can give money to us to pay it forward and keep us in operation to expand our operations elsewhere in the country. So far, we have members in all 50 states, some 60,000, I think 62,000 members right now across the country. You could be a part of that. This is, we want to make us a big deal. We want a thousand hunting, hunting the beach stories across our country where people have reformed and transformed their communities back to where they want it to be, where it used to be before people from outside the cities and stuff came in and wrecked it for you. Mm. You can do it. And I think Mike Hoskinson, his crew and so on, he represents a, a large, well, not a large, large group, but a fairly larger group, few, several people anyway, and a team that accomplished this and they did it. If you wanna see more programs like this on Stand and Deliver, I'd like you to send me an email. You can send it to pwood at citizensforfreespeech.org. That's just my name, P for Patrick Wood, W-O-O-D at citizensforfreespeech.org and tell me what you'd like. If you'd like to hear more success stories, if you'd like to discuss more of how they, how do they do this? How do they get the, whatever, the, the oomph to get it going and to, uh, to, to keep it moving, the energy to keep the whole thing moving? You can. So all I can say is we have living proof of it here. And I forever want to put to bed the idea that you can't. And Mike and I both have a mutual friend. Her name is Debbie B. I won't mention her last name because she probably listened. And she, oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Debbie B. Says, <laughs> Debbie B. Says, are we Americans or are we America Americans? 
C-A-N-T-S. As, I like that. Yeah. We are Americans, not Americans. We need to act like it. Yeah. We're the ones who invented most of the stuff that the world has enjoyed freedom because of. We've got a long history of this. It's time to get back in the business of being Americans again and getting things changed back where we want them to be. So, Mike, I thank you a thousand times over for being with us today. I hope you can come back on and talk with us again. I think there's more to say. I just, I, I just I, have I a imagine, suspicion. Yeah, I imagine we've got a few more things we could, uh, we could share. <laughs> but uh, for now, that's a great start. And we just want to tell people out there, uh, you know, De Debbie B's phrase is good, but I always have running through my mind the phrase, what one man can do, another can do. Uh, yes. And I yes. just think, you know, there's nothing that some other people, we are those people, you know, and we yes. have to realize everyone that we look up to, everyone that had a, a success, That's right. we're, just, we're just us. They maybe had a better idea for one moment and maybe for one second they implemented and they won. So it, it can be that short, but you just have to believe in yourself and you can do it. And we're living proof because we're just like you. That's right. And we are, we are, as we speak, we are standing and delivering for America. We need more people to stand and deliver with us and you can do it. So for, uh, for Citizen for Free Speech and for our podcast today, uh, you all listen to it again, pass it around, share it with your friends. Say, hey guys, there's a ray of hope over here. Maybe you ought to listen to this and just check it out, see what they got to say. So in the meantime, I'm just going to play our exit music and go out. And we'll be back again next week. I can't believe I think this is episode 57 already. This is We've been at this a year plus now. And we're still going. It's amazing. So we'll talk to you again next week. And we'll have another interesting discussion. I'm Patrick Wood. We'll be back with Bob France next week.